What's going on, fam? This is K.R. Jones of the Off The Strength Podcast, and I am here to tell you to like, listen, subscribe, and if you're feeling freaky, visit offthestrength.com. That's where you can go and get more information on us. That's where we can link, we can build, we can connect, and let's make this thing work. I wish I could tell the 18-year-old Deja that you are everything you need to be just as you are. A lot of the lowest lows make you appreciate those highest highs. Protecting my peace is extremely important to me. So much of my groundedness comes from movement. I grew up classically training in ballet, jazz, tap, lyrical, flamenco. Movement has always been a part of my life. I'm so blessed that I can sit here and tell my story. I think that one of the greatest things that happened to me in my dance career, which was one of my lowest lows, was that I was on the Super Bowl field with Beyonce at Super Bowl 50, mm. doing that amazing classic routine. Such a massive moment. It should have made my spirit feel explosive, on fire, excited, and I was feeling the opposite. I was feeling small, insignificant, undervalued, underappreciated, replaceable. I now can look back and be like, I'm so confident in the skin that I live in, and that moment made me into what I am now. I'm a music junkie, just simply from the bloodline. I'm a firm believer that you have all the tools necessary to be great. You gotta just pull them out and use them. I've been preparing my whole life for this. I'm taking it. All right, all right. What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off the Trend. We're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I got a gentleman of extraordinary league. K.R. Jones is in the building. That's right, folks. We are back. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all type from near and far, you are now in store for a treat. Ain't that right, Brother Jones? Yay, yay. Man, oh man. Now, Kyle, you ever have a scenario in life where you hear about a person before you get a chance to meet that person? I mean, most times I'm on the other side of that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But they, yes, I have. You know they tell I mean? tall tales of young Jones. And then they meet me. You are him. The oldest, youngest man. <laughs> I understand that. But this ain't about you, Kyle. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Back, all right. So we're we going to get back to the I'm situation. Bad. Now, Kyle. Yeah. I remember way back. Way back? Way back. Take I, me back. I'm taking you back to when I was still inside of the boutique fitness circuit, right? Okay. And I was running my gym, but I was affiliated with a couple other gyms that I wasn't necessarily the happiest with. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we ain't going to name no name. Sleeping with the enemy kind of situation. <laughs> but in there, Kyle, when I was around, I remember this boxing gym was saying, we need to find this person that's out of town that is running up the charts over here. I was like, who is this Deja Riley that I keep hearing about? Mm. It would be a long time before we actually got a chance to meet in person. But before then, I heard the name keep coming back up. It wasn't just in the boxing circuit. I heard it in the dancing circuit. I was like, oh, okay. Some of my people who are around and getting mixed in New York City, it's like this Deja Riley. Because you know, we know some up. folks. You know we know mean? a few people. We don't yeah. rub some elbows over here. You know what I mean? Rubbing shoulders with the greats. You know, so I keep hearing this name, keep hearing this name. And then one day in the middle of the pandemic, Right, I get a text. Hey, we gonna jump on this live real quick. You know, I ain't even gonna say the app no more. People don't use that damn app no more, man. You know what I'm talking about. If you was on there in the middle of the pandemic, everybody was on that same thing. And I was like, oh, Deja Raleigh. Hey, I'm on stage with Deja Raleigh right here. And 
not only did I hear somebody who was a profound speaker, a host that really could take the presence of the room, even through this medium that we weren't physically there, I automatically felt the connection to authenticity, the power behind her voice and the presence that was there. Now we'll go on to learn, oh, this is what she's bringing to the classes that she teaches. Mm -hmm. This is what she picked up when she was on the road, touring, dancing. And I can go on and on and on, but I mean, when you get to see your friends literally on the biggest of screens, <laughs> putting out a whole shoe around this woman's name, not just in New York City, I'm Globally. talking about internationally. Yeah. No, we got Deja Riley in the house. Let's make some noise one time. Hello, beautiful people. That's the drop uh, right there. Come yeah, on. Yeah, man. Deja, what's going on, love? Listen, I'm good. I am sitting in the presence of two black kings, <laughs> about to have an incredible conversation. Life is grand. Yes. So happy to be here. Oh, man. And Deja, I'm happy to have you here now. Everybody's going to get a chance to learn why I'm so geeked. And I, that was just the tip of the iceberg. I'm telling you, we're going to keep going through this thing because she's accomplished so much in such a little time. But before we even jump into all of that, Deja, how are you actually feeling? Like, we really trying to make it a clear effort to understand our friends and be around them and just hold space for whatever you are right now. What are you bringing to the show? I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, we don't get enough moments to just stop and pause, pause for a second. Yeah. And just lean into what we're really feeling in the moment. I will say that, like, I feel excited. You know that phrase of, like, if you could be a fly on the wall? I just got to experience that in real life. <laughs> I got to be a fly on the wall while I listened to people talk about me. But, you know, it's it's a blessing to be where I am. It's a blessing to get to where I'm going. Yeah. And I just feel so excited, so on fire for life right now. Oh, man, I'm, ex I'm, I'm excited, too. It's contagious, Kyle. <laughs> so you can't contain yourself over okay, there, man. Burn it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> got the fever. Yeah, I do. It might be the rosé and the rod in the morning. Yeah. Oh We're going to save that for later. <laughs> now, there is a way that we like to get this conversation rolling, so to speak. So the question that we'd like to start with is, where were you when you fell in love with this thing we call wellness? You know, to be honest, I've always lived a very active lifestyle, like from the age of three. I lived a very active lifestyle. I was very blessed that my parents put me in a ton of extracurricular activities at a very young age. I started dancing at the age of three, and you know that spiraled into a professional career, which spiraled into a career in the fitness industry, and will again spiral into a new transition, whatever that may be. But I will say that I was most likely in Virginia Beach when I really learned the elements of self-care, when I really learned the hard work that I needed to put into my training because how you practice is how you perform. Mm. And I learned that at a very, very early age and was able to apply it later on in my career. So I'll say Virginia Beach, Virginia, the 757, I will rep all day. Now I was born in New York. Nice. Okay. So I'll keep it 100. My parents are both from New York. My dad's from Harlem, St. Nick Projects. My mom is from Westchester, New Rochelle, Mount Vernon, White Plains. And I grew up in Virginia, but I was born in New Rochelle Hospital. So, though I rep Virginia because that's where I grew up, I will say this is a full circle moment that I'm back here in New York and I feel like I'm falling in love with wellness and fitness and taking care of self and others in a whole new way mm. here in the city. What's one of the things that you feel in that new way of discovery that was an important lesson for you right now? Protecting my peace. I like that. Honestly, I think that I have learned over time 
that I have a captivating energy, a captivating personality. I attract a lot of other energies to me. Mm -hmm. But the best way for me to conserve and preserve myself to be my best self is for me to protect what I've got on the inside, right? Yeah. So like I talked to you guys when I stepped in, I was like, you know, I did my meditation and my visualization this morning. I, you know, visualized the white light. I visualized myself here in this room, in this space. All of those things are part of the tools that I use in order for me to protect the energy that I have and be mindful of what I'm putting out into the world. I think that's so important. But I think one of the greatest lessons that I'm learning on a daily basis is that, you know, that energy comes from a very specific and sacred place. And it is my duty and it is, it is a practice of mine to make sure that I am knowing where I'm placing it, but also knowing how I'm shaping it. That's not to say that, you know, I don't trip up sometimes. I'm human. I've woken up many mornings and just been like... I'm just going to run rampant. I'm throwing myself wherever I'm throwing myself, and that's part of the adventure of life. But protecting my peace is extremely important to me. It is. It it's is. vital. And how important are those days where you get to just, like, run rampant? You know? Because I really do feel like when you're performing at the level that you perform, and Deja, I like how you, like, kind of brushed over all of this like, <laughs> massive list of accomplishment. We're going to get there, brother. Like, we got time. We're going to go back. Right? Yeah, I was being the fly on the wall. Okay? I understand, but we're going we gonna to put you on the grandstand after the wall is coming through, right? But to understand that you can have that moment of being pure human. One, I do want to understand what the greeting to the world is that day. Is it still hello, beautiful people when it's you're running around? It's still rapping? hello, beautiful people. Listen. <laughs> There's so many beautiful people in this world. I get yeah. to work with them on a regular basis. I get to sit with them and have these incredible conversations. Yeah. That's still the tag. I love it. And the moment of being human amongst all the other stuff is what people kind of need to see and hear and understand. Because they, they can see, again, the bright lights, the shine, and all the rest of that. But you still, you still deal with the world as the world is imposed upon you. Yeah. You know, what's one of your grounding practices that help you bring stuff back together? Ooh. I will say... That though I am heavily into meditation and finding stillness, and that's been a huge part of my practice, so much of my groundedness comes from movement. Okay. I definitely grew up dancing, being in theater, being in the arts. I played a little bit of sports here and there. I played a ton of instruments. And I grew up classically training in ballet, jazz, tap, lyrical, flamenco. Movement has always been a part of my life, moving through music. I'm a music junkie. Just simply from the bloodline. Uh-huh. Um, well, we're going to tap back we'll get, in. We'll see? get to that. We'll get to that. I'm not going to brush over that. I'm going to give him his flowers too, but we'll keep it here on me first. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I would say that, you know, a grounding practice for me is finding daily movement every day that may look different from day to day according to what my body needs. And I am not only a great listener of people and absorbing what people have, but I'm a great listener of self. Mm -hmm. And I listen to my body on a daily basis. So if I today need to wake up and get a good stretch because I'm feeling tight, I'm hitting yoga, maybe doing a stretch class on the mirror. And then other days I'm like, I need like heavy, high intensity, high vibrations. So I'm going to kick it and go to my friend's hit class, or I'm going to go for a run or get on my bike and ride. Like I just feel like, you know, you have to listen to your body. And I think that that's part of my grounding practice is listening to my body and feeding it what it needs at that given moment. Mm. 
it resonates so well. See, that's why I was listening to that Mary this morning. For sure. Mary would take me through. <laughs> We're not going to talk about you and your Mary. <laughs> but what I do want to talk about is this stuff that you're laying out is profound, right? Like being able to listen to your body, being able to have a, a grounded meditation practice. What got you into that mindset? Because I feel like that's foreign to a lot of people. That's foreign to a lot of people in the black community. You know what I mean? Like, what what really allowed you to tap into that and reap the benefits of it? And it's foreign yeah. to the training community at large. For sure, because people Honestly. don't take care of themselves. A lot of healthy people, or a lot of people that's teaching these classes ain't healthy out here, folks. I gotta be honest with you. Investing back in yourself is a rarity, so we really do want to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what everyone sees on the outside and what you were describing earlier comes first from what I do on the inside when no one else is looking, what is going on inside of my body. And I think that's why I can approach every practice every day with just such authenticity because I actually live this. You know, I, again, go back to saying how you practice is how you perform. What I do behind closed doors, it's going to be seen. It's going to come to light. I don't have to say that I'm doing these things. You know, I don't have to remind you that I'm doing these things. You're going to see it reflected in my work. I think a lot of, to answer your question, Kyle, like a lot of the lowest lows make you appreciate those highest highs. Mm -hmm. And I think how I got to that place of being able to be so mindful and make such conscious choices is I was at one of my lowest lows. I am a product of, you know, greatness, but I decided to take a path that was not traveled, at least in my family. And I took the route of becoming a dancer and scrapping and struggling and starting from the bottom. And a lot of people don't even know that about me. I think a, a lot of people would assume once you hear my last name and you hear, or at least my maiden last name, my dad's name and what he's accomplished, they would think that, you know, there's nepotism involved. They would think like, you know, he handed her the torch, she took it from where he left off, and that's why she's at where she's at. Yeah. So far from the truth. Um, and I'm so blessed that I can sit here and tell my story. I think that one of the greatest things that happened to me in my dance career, which was one of my lowest lows, was that I was on the Super Bowl field with Beyonce at Super Bowl 50, mm. doing that amazing classic routine mm. of formation. Mm -hmm. I was also in the, the video. The black suits and all that. Come Listen, on now. You're yeah. never going to forget the froze. You're never going to forget the berets. You're never going to forget, like, how we were armed up in all black, like. That stopped the world. It did. Shook it's, the world, right? People did not have anything people else. People were tuning into the halftime show. They didn't even watch the game. They, I can't even confidently okay. tell you what the score New for the game was. Nothing <laughs> but I remember the halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just how we're describing it here, right? Such a massive moment. Yeah. Should be, you know, it should have made my spirit feel explosive, on fire, excited. And I was feeling the opposite. I was feeling small, insignificant undervalued, mm -hmm. underappreciated, replaceable. All of these things that drove me to this negative mental space and really took me to like what I now in hindsight look at is like the closest to rock bottom that I've ever felt. Mm. Like I was depressed. I was just so unsure of who I was. I now can look back and be like, I'm so confident in the skin that I live in. And that moment made me into what I am now. But in that moment, I couldn't recognize that. Mm. And so that moment is really what surged me into 
diving into this path of wellness and fitness and really taking care of my mental health first and foremost, mm-hmm. letting that be the foundation for my spiritual health and my physical health. Because my physical health, like, that was a no-brainer to me. Like, from the age of three, I'm going to the, you know, these ballet tap combo classes that then spiraled into me taking every genre of dance, every single, you know, style of dance. And it was a regular seven days a week for me where I'm in the studio right after I get out of school all the way till the evening. I go home, pop a pizza in the oven. I'm doing my homework late at night, wake up the next morning and do it all again. So I already was carving out this work ethic um, that I watched so many greats do. Shout out to Virginia Beach. I grew up next to the likes of Missy Elliott, Pharrell Williams, Timbaland, and we'll get to another name. <laughs> we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. But anyways, that's really where it came from. It came from being at the bottom. It came from feeling very low. It came from feeling the opposite of what I'm feeling right now yeah. to get to where I am. Mm, wow. That is reflection. Because I feel like a lot of times people don't understand that when you do get on that big stage like that, it's just a moment. Yeah. It's two minutes, three minutes at best, but like you worked your whole life to get there. And sometimes it's just not what you thought it was going to be, yeah. you know, and, and that's the reality. Yeah. You know, and I feel like we, we talked about this long on the pod. It's, it's the, the mindset of people plan for a wedding, but never plan for a marriage. You mm. know what I'm saying? It's like, speak, it, it's, we, we plan to get here to celebrate. This is the party. This is the time. And then afterwards, it's like, well, this is supposed to be the rest of my life that I didn't even think about. You know, so I'm appreciative of you having this reflection. Like, jeez. Thank you for letting me share. Yeah. I can only think that if you started dancing at three, there has had to be an air of critical lens that's focused on you just from you getting to the proficiency that you are at. So a lot of people don't understand that dancers are athletes on a different type of level. Oof. Whole nother level. Oof. Body language. You're talking and you're speaking in these verses that are spanning from what is that Fosse or like oh, yeah uh, Bob Fosse get exactly. into it exactly see come on come you on. better I, know I've your history you're that sleeping one. with the enemy Tony <laughs> 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 we're, not, we're not gonna talk about this <laughs> <laughs> suffice to say I've been around Lincoln Center a few times I've worked with some ballet like classically trained ballet right. I've worked with some rockettes before I've hey. worked with some on the, you gotta throw Ailey in there though I have done some alright alright professional Basketball Association, still got beef with Rondo. Unpack <laughs> that. all of that, I'm going to come back to the point that I was trying to make where dancers are athletes that don't get the same level of appreciation that you would see like an NBA athlete get that level of appreciation. Y'all are out there every night the same way that they are. You're putting the reps in for like a halftime show. You know how much practice had to go into that before you got into formation? Months. Like, hello. And I used to do AT for people. So I was doing some rehab on the side and I could okay. see every one of these steps, the one and two and three and four, they had taken a pounding on your body. Mm-hmm. In addition to that pounding, you also have a critical lens that's focused on you hyper-focused. Your hand is supposed to be here, not here. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to turn this way, not this way. Ooh, your you toe was not it. pointed. Right? Better talk about it. You're not on yes. point. You okay. ain't got right. You got biscuits. Wait, What's Kyle. going on over here? <laughs> Put that foot up one more time. Okay, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. see that arch. Right? You know? You know, that level of critique, most people don't have appreciation for. Yeah. And that's what's normal for 
the majority of your formative life up until this point. 100. So just the weight of that and just being able to look back and, and reflect on coming out of that, you're forged by that fire, right? So I'd imagine you get to some of these things that people would call issues today. Look at what you've been facing this whole time. And people yeah. can see, they're like, oh, you were given this. It's like, well, you don't know what this walk is like. You don't know what any of this process is because that's nobody is giving you a pass in that lane. So I just wanted to make sure that we stepped out and punctuated that a little bit more. Thank you for that. Yeah. I love that you acknowledge that in that way and that you have, you know, enough knowledge and wisdom about what we do and how hard we work to be able to give me my flowers in that way. I really appreciate that. I really receive that. Yeah. And I think that, you know. It is so underrated what we do, the athleticism that we have to have, that we're required to have to be able to go out on those stages and compliment the performer and stay in the background. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that is a skill in itself. A whole nother thing. You know? So, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's all of that. So you get to this moment, you have this realization, and then you find your path to getting into the wellness story. Take me through that a little bit more. And I do, yeah. again, if you can... Because people, they heard the Beyonce Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. But you've been dancing for a lot of people. Deja, I, yes. I'm going to ask you to just <laughs> run that list kindly back. Just expand a little bit on this. Like, I'm just a little bit. All right, little, all right, all right. I'll give it there. to you. I'll give it to you. But I got to start off with one of my greatest mentors, the person who really opened the door for me. Okay. Put her foot through it first. Okay. And then reach back, pull forward grabbed my hand and yeah. took me through, you know, everything that I needed to know to get to here. Lorianne Gibson. Okay. We're going to give her her flowers Shout today. out to Lorianne. Okay. She was the first choreographer that I assisted. Okay. And when I worked with her out in LA, um, it was some of the most brutal training I've ever been through in my life. Mm. I will say that not only physically and mentally and spiritually was I then prepared to enter into this industry, but I will say that she shaped me into the dancer that I am now. Mm -hmm. She gave me all these different creative tools and I really got to watch her like I was under her wing mm. and she showed me the way. And then on top of that, she didn't have to do this. On top of that, she gave me my first professional job with a celebrity. So my very first on-camera celebrity job was with Lady Gaga on Dancing with the Stars. That's a pretty big first job. It's a very big, right? <laughs> and she, I was just her assistant at the time. I mean, I was running and getting coffee, and she saw something in me, and she said, listen, you can run and go get that coffee and press play and learn these steps. Mm. And I was like, yes, I can. There we go. Very, very much so not the confident Deja that I am now, but I was like, listen. I've been preparing my whole life for this. I'm taking it. What I'm era? What era? Gaga was that? Ooh, this is Poker Face. Come on now. Yeah. I know. Oh. You know yeah. how that went off in that place uh, that we, uh, <laughs> we don't speak about. But you know how that went off. It was like you gonna act like Lady Gaga wasn't really ringing in these streets out here. The, the whole Red One team. Shout out to Listen. my brother Claude Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> ah yes. Because yeah, I remember how those how big those songs were. I was working in Chelsea. Those songs were shutting down. Massive. And she the started whole here. Space. Yes. She started here. NYU. Germanata. Like, yeah. Like, 
It was a, it was a moment. Thing. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to make sure we gave a little bit of that. What's the soundscape looking like when you're out there dancing? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that's My where head. it was at. So so yeah. So and then I went on to start to tour. I went on the LMFAO Party Rock tour. I was dancing for another massive listen, moment. <laughs> listen, but she sent me on that too, and I was yeah. dancing for an artist named Space Cowboy. Mm -hmm. um, that was my introduction to being on the road. From there, my career spiraled into working for the likes of. Katy Perry, okay. J-Lo, Nicki Minaj. Mm -hmm. um, I already named the incredible Beyonce. I toured for many years and did a residency with Trey Songz. Mm -hmm. I, I just worked for so much incredible talent. Honestly, like sometimes I forget what the list of credentials is. Yeah. Because I was so... You were in it. I was in it, but I was also outside of my body in a way. Mm. You know, like I, I definitely, because I wasn't living in my confidence, because I wasn't living in my power... Sometimes I was just watching myself do those things and go through the motions. And, like, my body was almost on autopilot. It was like I practiced for, you know, these long eight-hour days for weeks, and then I get on stage and I do it. And like you said, it happens in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. Sometimes two, three minutes max, you're on stage, and you're going hard. That cardiovascular endurance. It's a different level. Listen. And so, yeah, I look back at those experiences, and I think because I did not have the best mental health mm -hmm. and because I was constantly – just high anxiety, always believing that like I was disposable, always believing that the next person could come in and just sweep me off the floor. Mm. And really living in that space is really rough. It's tough. It's you definitely know? tough. And then to perform at those levels behind some of those amazing, iconic artists and, and choreographers. Now looking back, flashback in hindsight, I'm like, I really wish I could have been in so many more of those moments. You know, I feel like I missed some of those moments. I'm thinking of, what's that show? Like, they keep saying, I hope I get it. God, I hope I get it. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Don't challenge my theater brain. Oh, my goodness. Going back into it. I, I can't It's going to come to me. A chorus line. Yes, a chorus line. So I worked with Christopher Wilden who did the choreography for all of that stuff. Yeah. And just seeing like, that's a real situation where you're like, okay, I'm here today, but that cut could come so quick. Yep. You're living on the edge yep. constantly and, and you have to perform at the highest level. So the stress, plus the fact that you know it's going to be literally is here today going tomorrow or all right we going we're going to this other corner of the world that you've never even heard of you coming you have the slightest hesitation we're gonna go to the next person in line yeah next up and we're gonna just keep moving oh you're hurt sorry we gotta go to the next person in line yeah. and we're gonna just keep this thing moving that is the level of pressure that i've seen on the sideline and I'm just like i don't even know how how you begin to negotiate that yeah so i i really do appreciate you taking that time and one like stepping out the names that you actually like Deja we're gonna have to actually appreciate the let's people get to it for. honestly <laughs> let's get to it okay yeah and and in all of that you gave us a low do you remember one high moment mm. that you were in you know rhythm you got into that flow state yeah and you were just hitting whatever it was that that spoke to you in your spirit to dance you remember any of that kind of stuff Honestly, yeah. I feel like right around that same time, I did get into a flow state. I was actually being direct booked. And anybody who knows, like in the dance industry, you know, you're oftentimes thrown into that audition pool mm -hmm. with everybody else, with people that sometimes look very close to the same, the same as you. We're right? going to have a real conversation about that one day. <laughs> 
because because there was quotas. True. I don't know if in today, 2022, they would put those quotas out. Yeah. But they used to have quotas where they'd be like, all right, yeah. here's the tights that we have that are dyed this color. And if you don't fit this color, I don't care none about it. It ain't how you for dance. you. <laughs> this, this is not for you. We need someone I've this size. That. I was yes. like, exclusively. All right, y'all shade. Y'all need to y'all, fit into yep, this. Yep, yep. Dance for these mm-hmm. right here. This is what you're trying to get to. Are you five five? <laughs> right. It was wild. People don't know that. <laughs> Listen, we're letting them know today, okay? But I would say, yeah, around that time, like I was starting to get direct booked. I actually got direct booked for Super Bowl Fifty, and so I will say that. Around that time, it felt like a very high high, at least in the height of my dance career. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that there were higher heights coming. Ah. And so now in hindsight, I will say that I am probably riding the highest high that I've ever been in in my entire life. I'm now a global Lululemon ambassador. Shout out to the nice Canadians out there. Give them some love. Give them all the love. A global ambassador. Listen, it is... So it's just this invigorating journey that I'm on right now. And I am so proud of everything that I've done in my life and so proud to have accomplished, you know, everything in the dance industry that I did Mm -hmm. that then laid the foundation for me to be where I am now. I looked back and there were so many times where during the charge field shoot, Mm -hmm. I sent videos to my old dance teacher. And I was like, you really prepared me for a time such as this. My, my old dance teacher, Denise Wall, shout out to her. Shout out to Denise Wall. Honestly, so many of the people that, you know, built these like grand mountains that I got to climb and stand on the top of and then climb to the next one all deserve their flowers too. They are the ones that are not being seen when you see that. 10 foot tall. I don't even know how tall it is. It's pretty big. I said 10. That's small. I was being like, (laughs) it's probably like the size of a small building. As a mirrorless these days? Yeah, you you know. You know. It's at least 20 foot. (laughs) Yo, yo, Wolf, can we get this on the wide? Can we get the Deja Rally 1? I know that they're the charge field shoe, but these are the Deja Rally 1s right here. That's what I'm going to call them. You know, this is what we call them, man. Deja Rally 1s. If you got those... You, you get know where you got the ones on, you know. Sure. This is this is what I'm calling them, you know. Oh my god! I, I understand that they're the charge fields, <laughs> <laughs> but but the Deja Rally ones, she's wearing them in the it's new. The best shoe of all time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she got the, she got the new. You know, you could run, you could you could get your box on, you could you know it's your hit class. Cross trainer is what you're looking for, and you could go to a sensible brunch right after this. You know what I mean? Sure can. A sensible, a sensible brunch, Wolf. <laughs> it With could rose all work. and orange juice. Hello. For some that's the hood Bellini. Hood Bellini. Now we going in the Deja Rally once. We gonna slide past all this foolishness you're talking about. I want to come back and punctuate two different things. First, uh, I remember uh, we we met at LIU Brooklyn. That's yeah. where we went to school, and this was around the time when uh, the Nets were just coming to Brooklyn. Okay, they held auditions for the cheerleaders mm-hmm. and the dancers for Brooklyn Nets. So I'm working in the facilities like a facilities management kind of thing. When I tell you it went from about an empty gym to about a thousand women auditioning Mm -hmm. to be working with the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm just like, yo, this is madness. Yeah. Which is, so that was like a real insight then. Because I seen how they was cutting people and the hundreds of people were going. It was like, all right, we're going to put this song on. Everybody dance to this. You, 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 everybody else out. I was like, it's crazy. Damn. Like, <laughs> it's all of y'all just. Four people. <laughs> yo, out of a hundred, 
I was Listen. like, Whew. you stood in line for four hours for for that thirty seconds for 30 to seconds, go home. You fully prepared for that moment, though. You made your, you beat your face. Yep. You put on the best outfit that you had. Everything. You had been practicing, stretching for hours. Mm-hmm. You showed up and you had thirty seconds on the court. Mm. Okay. And that yeah. was it. I know that moment though, yeah. because when I moved to LA, I auditioned for Laker girls mm. and actually made the team. Nice. Now I was in rehearsals for a couple of months, and my mom was like. Oh, no, 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 no. You're coming home. Like, this is not what you're going into. It's a real life. Again, shout out to my Rondo Wars. I understand these. Stop it. (laughs) Now, secondly, what I'm going to get into is you talked about Virginia. Yes. So my Virginia story goes a little something like uh, in high school, you had to have service learning hours to graduate. Okay. Right? So in order to graduate, you had to do some type of community service in order to, you know, walk the stage. Yeah. I went on a Obama election walk, right? So we were going door-to-door canvassing to ask people if they were going to vote for Obama. We stayed in, like, some church. It was a whole thing. But we were in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Oh, my goodness. And it was eye-opening, to say the least, because you got gated communities. You got non-gated communities. You got our folks, some of folks that are not our folks. It it was wild, Uh to say the least. But, like... I've always had a, a love for Virginia. My family always went down there in the summers yeah. um, to kick it. So I, I bake all this in to come back around to your upbringing, to you know this this legendary greatness you come from, all, all the things to stretch that out just a little bit. Yeah. You know, you paint that picture it a couple times. I you know, you and know. we were eventually going to land here. Of course, I just wanted to paint that picture. Just a I, l- bit. I love that. I love that. Something and, in the water um, in Virginia out there. Oh, it. listen. Something but is wait, extremely in the water. in D.C. this year. Mm. I saw that. I was very disappointed. That's a little off-brand. <laughs> but it's these DMV, you know what I'm saying? Like, Alexandria is right there. Yes, so, like, yes, if you yes. go, you know. You it's know what I mean? It's still not the 757. It is not. I, I won't disagree to that. But, you know, I'm not mad at Pharrell. He did it for good reason. His cousin was actually murdered and by the police in mm. Virginia, mm. in Virginia Beach. And he said, you know. If this is the brutality that's going to continue, I'm, I'm not, not bringing, bringing this more here. money to yeah, the city. Yes, it's, it's you know that's real. That's so I stand sense. with him on that 100. percent And listen, just maybe don't take it to DC. There has to be something in the water somewhere else. Maybe Miami or something like. Yeah, that's a different insane. something in the water in Miami. Right, it is. It's a different something in the water. <laughs> so they put something it's different right. In the water. There's something. As soon as you get to Florida, you know what I'm saying. So maybe it's not that. Maybe it's not the Florida water. But you know, it's somewhere else. It's somewhere else. Um, but yeah, painting the picture very vividly. Bling bling. Every time I come around your city, bling bling. My tenure took me through Virginia. Ask Teddy Riley about me. Ask Teddy Riley about me. My dad is Teddy Riley, a legendary producer, singer, songwriter, just an incredible human. I learned so much of my work ethic from that man. I owe so much of my, I would say my confidence, but also my ability to see the greatness in myself and others to my dad. I will say that, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, I named, you know, being around the likes of like a Missy Elliott, a Timbaland, a Pharrell Williams, oh, Pusha T, like the clips, all of that, right? We can't forget that. And I grew up around so many different celebrities that would come in and out of Virginia to literally come and work with my dad. At a very early age, I can recall times of like hanging out with Michael Jackson and Cisco. 
It was so random, right? So you know, random. You know, that I'm from Baltimore, right? Cisco is my Michael Jackson. Oh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got to let that sink in. I mean, I mean, <laughs> we gotta come back. No more, no more rose and orange shoes for you. <laughs> you stay away from that. But we love Cisco, though. We but love sure. him. Cisco's a whole legend, but Cisco is my Michael Jackson. <laughs> It's enough out of you, all right? That oh, I saw favorite. in person growing up. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, both incredible humans, for sure. That's I don't right. know if I'm if that's, I'm painting the picture quite that way. He grew up close to Drew Hill, the actual Drew Hill. Yeah, it's, yes, okay. it's a Baltimore love thing. You got you got to be from town to understand. Yeah, listen, you know listen. You had to be there. You had to be you there. You had to be there. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I can't let that one go. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Most profound thing I've heard all day. Um, so I will say that being able to have those experiences definitely made me feel like I they were within reach, right? I could accomplish and establish myself in the same way. Mm. And, you know, representation, we talk about it all the time. It matters so much, right? And what you see is so important to what you believe you can become. And I think that at a very early age, I never really thought about the idea of like becoming an icon or becoming a celebrity or becoming a big name or a big face in any industry. I just really honestly absorbed all of the tools that were necessary to have that, to mm. become that, right? My dad, you know, comes from Harlem, St. Nick Projects, really was one to get it out the mud. He started his career very early on. Remember, like kids at work, guy. Come on, guy moments. I like. Listen, listen. <laughs> but you know, the millennials and like Gen Z is gonna be like, oh, he was the guy from Versus, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. At least take it back to Black Street. At least Come we on. all know no diggity, right? Yeah, better. Changed my so, life, you know. It changed it changed a lot. It changed my life too, you know, in many ways. I would say um, <laughs> more valid on one side, Facts. again, you know than the other comparison. But <laughs> listen, listen. Let Kyle have his moment too. I'm here. Okay? I have my moment, bro. That's all I'm here for. You know, I'm speaking my truth. I, 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 I see you. I see you. That's it. But um, yeah. I mean, it, it it's incredible to come from a family like that to have a last name like that. Now my last name is Isidore Check. Try to spell it. I bet you can't. I thought it was um, an L in there, and I was going to try to land on that. No L. There's no L. There's no L. Isidore Check. I want. Listen. Let's have a moment. Shout out to Jimmy out there. Isidore Check. Yeah. I, tr I tried it. You, yes, but you can say it. I landed. At least For you sure. can say it. You landed on it. <laughs> um, but having the incredible last name coming from the you know greatness that I come from. I really honestly was able to see a path for myself that got me to where I am now. Now, running it back, running it back to all of the things that I watched my dad do from sitting in the studio and like listening to him play the same piece of a track over and over on loop and understanding that that repetition, mm. the how you practice, right? Mm -hmm. How you cultivate like something that is, that ends up going out into the world and changing 
billions, millions of lives, right? Yeah. And I got to witness that firsthand. I got to have a front seat, a front row seat to all of that. And as incredible as it is, I also have to talk about the downside of it. That creates an incredible amount of pressure on someone like me to live up to that. And knowing that, you know, I am my dad's legacy. And whatever I do, then my kids will be able to, and their kids, and their kids, and their kids will be able to have and, and see for themselves. But I will say that, you know, as much of the pressure that was on me, it's very clear that pressure makes diamonds. Now that I see the story that I've been able to tell, the story that I'm able to share today, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for all the things that my dad showed me, the things he taught me through even his actions not even necessarily his words or conversations that we would have, but like me being able to watch the mistakes that he's made along the way, me being able to watch um, the, you know, trophies that he's been able to win, me being able to sit and watch him be human. Mm. My dad is honestly one of the most humble men that I've ever met. Like when you think of it, you would think that somebody that creates just that kind of magic in music would just be so egotistical would really, but I've seen my dad give back my whole entire life. And I think that that also plays such a big part in my life. It's why I, you know, took on philanthropy. It's why, you know, I am part of a movement like Fit For Us. Shout out to Purcell. Hey. And the whole crew. That's how we'll we get got back together. Into them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, really to just like run it back to what he's done and who he is, it's, it's definitely been laying the foundation for who I am. Mm. That is powerful. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking of a young Deja somewhere dancing on the four count while dad is like banging on the keys somewhere. I Always have rhythm. Always have rhythm. It's in my mind. I was like, okay, I can see it. I can see where it started. Yeah. The foundation, it was just mixing. Yeah. And one, I mean, again, we we could spend hours talking about the legend of and the con contribution to the music canon, not just an R&B. Like there's... Pre and post Teddy Riley, like music changed. He evolved that whole thing. So just yeah. acknowledging that standpoint. And have to also acknowledge your dad was out here in this bike life, Deja. I had to send you this message when I saw listen, it pop up. Listen, <laughs> this man does a lot of things. Okay? I, I, I just, but it's a very specific bike. You have to be so tapped in <laughs> to the. He's going to gonna the, love that you're saying this right now. You got to be tapped into a different level of the black riding community to pull up with a line three bike. And this is our folks. Deja, we really ride in these streets. Listen, I know it. I'm bike out front right there. I was about to say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we rode here. That was as choice. Yes. We came through. Dress like this. Like, I want people to understand that. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> you see me on camera right now? Not change clothes. I, rode, okay? I didn't change clothes. You this know? is what I rode in today. You this know is what how I mean? we pull up. So yeah. when I see, like, Kendo, like, I, I mean, again, it's just somebody that we know in our community. It's like, oh, line three, like, if you're in the know, you can get a lot of fly custom bikes. Yeah. So I see you pop up one day on on IG. And I'm like, yo, is he talking about a Line Three bike? Look, like, that's such a it's such a random but so specific space. <laughs> but that would be biking. him though too. Like he is a guy of gadgets, but also like you know, my dad does appreciate nature and getting outside. He goes on his little walks. You he know? was tapped in. He's he's. He's getting older, man. He's getting up there. I keep telling him, leave out the Beijing and just let the gray come through, you know? <laughs> just just stop it with the Beijing. I keep telling him, but... He's putting he, on people to alkaline water. He like, is. I've heard he him, is. heard him talking about these things. He's tapped into the wellness community. Oh, Very, for sure. Very, like, finger on the pulse kind of level. I leaned on my dad so much during the pandemic to just give me 
all of the healthy tips and tricks that I needed. But he was he, he was living it. So many people miss this. <laughs> but understand. you didn't miss it. You didn't miss it. I was like, wait, it. wait, 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 wait. We Connor know Ryan him. Are you doing out yeah, here? Like, like, we know this man. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I want to pull back and go to again what I call the Deja Raleigh ones, affectionately known, you know, Coined AKA. It. Yeah, let it <laughs> let it be known. I'm gonna AKA run with that. Deja I'm Raleigh running ones, with it. Right now, you talked about seeing your dad get rewards and seeing him get to the pinnacle of what the musical thing is. I'm gonna let you know right now, there are people who will pick up many dumbbells in their life. They will pick up many a jump rope. They will throw a jab cross hook combo. And they never gonna have their own shoe, Deja. <laughs> All right, I, I want to let y'all know that right now. You're not gonna get it. I want to be real for a second. So to get to that level where you're literally out there and you are the face of a global campaign, you got to take me back to when you first started in wellness. When you're like, okay, I'm gonna make this pivot. I'm gonna leave the professional dance world. Yeah. And now seeing where you are right now, where again you have reached heights that respectfully many people in their whole wellness lifetimes will not reach and this is something that you can go pick a store pick an avenue in new york city you walk down the street you're going to see this woman running or throwing a cross jab you know or dancing in the lime green deja ones right here okay Yay. You gonna make sure that you highlight see yellow. I got to Highlight I gotta, yellow. Yep, I'm sorry. Highlight yellow. Mean, we gotta know to these are prosecco. On. Prosecco. First of all, I like that. I see where we're going. I didn't mean to mess up the, the hue. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> the highlight I had, yellow. I had to get it straight. You, you know? got it. Listen, it's yours. I, that's why I said they're the day one. She gonna tell me what they are. I'm gonna call them highlight yellow from here on out. Done. Done. It's now silent. you got the verbiage. You know. <laughs> you know what it is now. So, so I want to go back to that moment where you first decided to get into this game at the level that you are and then like what did it feel like opening night okay if you can yeah. give me those two stories separate yeah wow it's a big jump mm -hmm. so we're gonna start at a and we'll eventually we're gonna get all to... way, get all the way to that end yeah 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 i will say that first and foremost i'm a firm believer that you have all the tools necessary to be great you got to just pull them out and use them and like that is a quote that i live by that i stand by i think that you know without the dance training that i had without the you know parents that I had without the support system that I had my husband my sisters my brothers my friends you know my community I would not be where I am so first and foremost I will acknowledge all of that now I reached into my handy dandy bag of tools and I used this ability of dancing speaking that other language the movement of the body to get into the fitness industry and make that a smooth transition when I decided to stop dancing which literally was in that Super Bowl experience. And I was like, I am tired of making pennies. I'm tired of being paid $250 for an eight hour rehearsal that's not even close to. It's the math on that. Listen, I don't like to do the math on that because every single time it makes me a little bit, a little bit TO'd. You, you know? should be, you should be way more than a little bit. I was like, two, what? Eight Listen, hours, 250. <laughs> eight hours, 250, okay? Nope. Now, these days, I'm looking back and like, you know, not to in any way be bragging or cocky, but like you can't get me to blink for 250. I am not doing it. 
talk about where you came from and how far you've come from. And I really honestly only look back to just really be proud of how far I've come. I look back at that period of time where I was on that Super Bowl field and I was like, this is it. This is the last one. And it wasn't the last one. But I was <laughs> saying it was the last one and mentally getting prepared to step out of that industry. I saw myself making a transition into something, but I didn't know what. And around that time, I was like, shout out to Shonda Rhimes in my season of Yes. Okay. So I was like, I'm just going to embrace whatever comes, right? And I had gone to a party for one of my agents at the time, my dance agent. And one of my friends, her name's Angela. We were sitting down just laughing, like, you know, sipping and just hanging and just like talking about life. And she was like, you know... You know, are you still dancing? And I was like, nah, it's not for me. I'm not even calling myself a dancer anymore. It's not what I want to do. She's like, listen, one of my friends is a part of this team that's opening up. She does marketing for this team that's opening up a boutique boxing gym. And I was like, okay, I don't box. So like, <laughs> what are you what are you saying here? She's like, well, they're looking for people that have rhythm, high energy, and, you know, understand movement. And I'm like, well... All three, me, all yep. three in my bag of tricks can totally do those things. But I've never put on a pair of boxing gloves. You know, I grew up watching Evander Holyfield, Tyson, you know, Lennox Lewis, all of these incredible boxers, Floyd Mayweather, who is a friend of my dad's. I watched all of those boxing matches with my dad just as a means of getting closer to him mm -hmm. and spending quality time with him. Not ever thinking that that would full circle come around and I would actually be in the ring myself, which by the way. I fought one amateur fight, <laughs> lost, but a great decision because I learned from that loss. I would imagine so. But I know like everything that I do, I have to fully commit to. So like I couldn't just call myself a boxer without ever having the experience of being in the ring, right? Yeah. But rolling back, rewind back to that moment, I was sitting at this party. I'm talking to my friend Angela. She's like, listen, just go and audition. And I was like, well, also something I'm great at. I've mastered the art of auditioning. Done a lot <laughs> my of that. Whole my whole life. Listen. <laughs> to this point. Almost a decade of auditioning nonstop. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm in my season of yes. I'm going to say yes. And I don't know what it's going to look like. And I went and auditioned. And they loved me. And I had a great understanding of rhythm and music. And this was a cardio boxing gym. Mm. So really, honestly, you know, you could be tapping the bag without very much power and still get a really, really good sweat in because mm -hmm. you're going to the rhythm of the music and that's what's driving you, right? So I could find the understanding of that. And then I went hardcore. Like I pulled in out of my bag of tricks, those eight-hour rehearsals, and I put myself through that same sort of training. I was showing up to these you know, boxing gyms that can be extremely intimidating and, you know, almost filled with completely just men, just sweaty. Oh, there's a the particular odor. That's right. It in. is, right? It's if you don't if you don't smell it, you're not in an authentic nah, boxing gym, right? It's a, it's a particular odor. It's a little bit of bleach uh, uh. and a lot. <laughs> It's like 40, how many years they've been open? It's uh -huh. years of just funk on uh -huh. top of that. Bleach. On top of funk, on top of <laughs> funk. That's the PG version right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, but, but just I know. to paint the picture for the people, right? For yeah, sure. it's vivid. So I started out at a boutique fitness gym in Santa Monica, California. They've mm -hmm. since acquired title boxing, so yep. they've expanded. But I went from there to, I mean, I had my own trainer when I was dancing, especially towards the end of my dancing career, just to aid in some of those injuries that I might have acquired over the years, um, and really just to maintain the body that I needed to be on tour, to be on these stages, to be doing film, TV, 
whatever may have you. And I utilized all of those things to really then climb a new ladder. And I really honestly think that as a result of the training that I naturally had through dancing when I was a kid, then I progressed into that professional career. The truest next step was then to take all of those tools and make something of myself and put myself in the foreground since I had always been in the background. And Mm. so that was one thing that I believe that, you know, this fitness industry gave me and ultimately helped me to land here. Do you mind if I pause for a second? Yes, go ahead. Because I alluded to earlier in the story that I heard about this happening well before I should have heard about this happening, Deja, right? And I want to pause for two reasons. Because the fact that you decided to put yourself in the foreground at that moment I think is a real defining moment mm. in and of itself. Yeah. This is at the time where these brands were going out and trying to accrue the best type of talent. So you're in Santa Monica. I'm hearing yeah. about you. I live in Brooklyn, Deja. At the same point in time, like shout out to all those individual places. The person is always celebrated after the brand. Mm-hmm. You decided to brand yourself in this moment before people could see what this was going to be. Yeah. Talk to me about what led you to that decision. Well, you know, I mean, part of it was also that first initial experience that I had, you know, at that boutique boxing gym. Now, no shade, but like, you know, very similarly to me being put in a box in the dance industry, I was put in a box there. And they were literally trying to be like, okay, this is what we need you to do. This is how we need you to go out and promote yourself. This is what we want to be seen to get their visual right. Yep. And and it's very true. Mm -hmm. If you don't go out there and make your dreams come true, somebody else will pay you to make theirs come true, right? Exactly. And so I was getting paid and rising pretty fast in that fitness industry and really getting my name out there very quickly. And they saw that. And I'm grateful that they saw that, but I saw that too. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not just going to maximize off of my greatness. I worked too hard to get to where I am. And so I was at that studio for less than two years. And at the time that I got married to my husband, Jimmy, shout out to Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy again. Shout out to my greatest support system. We were about to get married and we had both quit our jobs. He's a school teacher. Mm -hmm. So I had just quit the job at uh, this boxing gym and he had just left the school that he was at because it just was putting him in a negative mental space. And so we both got married with no jobs. And it was really honestly one of the most exciting but scariest times of our lives. But we dove into it head first. We were like, listen, we're in this together. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it pop. We used so much of that wedding money to fund our lives for the next like six months while we figured it out. Uh-huh. But we did figure it out. And my next, like, I leaped onto a new pad in the fitness industry. And that is when I started Deja Riley Athletics. Yes. And, you know, I created uh, this platform of my own to never be put in a box again. Mm. That was the first and actually only goal. And so that's where I created this method of working out that I took boxing and I took dance. My first passion, my new passion, combined them together in a music-driven workout, which music has always been my foundation, combined all three elements, and I created this thing called Dance Out of the Box. And it's what I teach everywhere that I go. Lululemon has allowed me to, you know, virtually and also in person be able to teach this method that I love so much. But I took that and I ran with it. And I was like, wherever I'm going to be able to teach this, whether it be an in-person class, putting my own events on Eventbrite, I 
am, you know, creating my own launch experiences. Mm -hmm. I am partnering with brands like a Puma, like an Under Armour, like a Reebok. And Deja Riley is going to be at the forefront of that, right? And they might not have been listing my name then, but they're definitely listing my name now on all of those campaigns from the field campaign that I did literally a year ago, or it was launched a year ago. I remember that to the Charge Feel campaign yep. that we just recently launched a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, my name is on those ads. That's and why I they did the Raleigh ones in my Listen, in my let's take it, okay? <laughs> Branded already. But yeah, that's, you know, a little bit of like how I got to this space is because that visualization already existed. Mm. I saw my name in the forefront. Mm. And now physically other people get to see that too you know and I don't take any of those moments for granted I think that you know those opportunities that I got very early on in the fitness industry really afforded me the experiences that I'm having now and the position that I'm placed in now so I hope that answered it definitely does and I mean it's testimony to a lifetime of work Mm -hmm. that again I know just by the orbit of which I exist in that world I could see from my perspective, but that's not a perspective that everybody gets to see. It's like, yeah. no, I've, I've seen this work. I've seen it come, you know, to fruition. And then we got to know each other through the Fit For Us connection. So yes. I got to learn who you were, but I knew about your work before I knew who you were, mm. right? And to see that the peaks and valleys that come along with that process and the determination that you have to have to go from walking across that threshold from being behind the scenes kind of or in the back of the superstar to being at the forefront that's a big gap Deja so we gotta really appreciate that when you have a chance to do that what's something that you are most proud of the woman that you are today that you wish you could have told the woman that you were at 18 I am most proud of the joy that I've been able to cultivate in this world Mm mm-hmm I wish I could tell the 18-year-old Deja that you are everything you need to be just as you are. I really think I developed self-acceptance at a very, I won't say late age, but it was much later than I would have liked. I think if I would have had that same self-acceptance, that same confidence, and really stayed true to who I was from the beginning, I might not have had the dance career that I had, right? And I might not have been on that path. So again, I am grateful for where I was and I'm grateful for where I am now. But I will say that like, I wish I could just whisper in her ear and just be like, you're gonna be fine. Like everything's gonna be fine. It's gonna work out just as you believe it's gonna work out. You will achieve that greatness. You will be so powerful in this world. You will be able to create these spaces where people can feel joyful and then also healthy at the same time. And I think, you know, that's a little bit of where my sweaty smile squad comes from. (laughs) The foundation of all of that is like, you know, and you guys actually had a guest on your podcast that was talking about making fitness fun. And so much of that, yes, (laughs) such a great episode. Like, honestly, (laughs) you guys have not listened to it. Shout out to Irv. Unshameless plug. (laughs) Listen to that. Like, honestly, it's so real. I mean, it seems like it's so simple. But I think that when you fall in love with something that, you know, is also giving back to you and also providing, you know, this this joy within you, you're going to stay on that path. You know, it's a lot more likely that you will be consistent and that you will continue to grow, becoming 1% better each and every day because you're falling in love with it. It doesn't feel like work. 
It's not a chore, right? So yeah, I created my Sweaty Smile Squad for that reason. And I continue to cultivate that joy. And it is something that I am so proud of. And I'm so blessed that I get to do that on a regular basis. That's what's up. And Deja, you brought up the, the notion of love a couple of times throughout this episode. One, you and Jimmy just jumping blindly, which <laughs> sounds like the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's pretty just scary. Like, Yo, we both don't it have makes sense, get married. Bro, you know what it's I'm like, saying? Yeah, let's do it. If you quit, I quit because we together. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's that's some ride ride out kind of. Situation. I'm around for that. You know yeah. yeah. So I personally love anytime y'all getting the shoulder work going on on IG, looking into the camera. It's always a moment inside there. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that part of your life does for you, and to be able to integrate your love? the person who is committed to taking that same leap of faith and yeah. seeing this same kind of evolution. Like talk to us a little bit about how that evolved and like what that does to, you know, add to feeding you. Yeah. I mean, my husband is incredible. We are going on nine years together in October. We'll be four years married. And he is really, honestly, I said earlier, he's the best support system, but he is someone who truly lets me be me. And I think that there is no greater gift in this world than to be able to spend time with people that just let you be you, right? Let the best parts of you come out. Let the worst parts of you come out. Mm -hmm. But just let you be. When I first met him at a New Year's Eve party in Malibu, California. That's a hell of a New Year's Eve party. Oh, it was, it was so much fun. To be honest with you, there was maybe like less than 12 people. Waves is crashing. So it was, yes. It's a vibe. Malibu is an exclusive place. It, it really is. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot a of vibe. folks don't know about it, but it, it really is out there. Don't sleep on Malibu. Waking up New Year's Day in Malibu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your year is already starting off at the pinnacle. I didn't mean to take Listen, off. listen, no. Give Malibu its flowers, right? <laughs> but yeah, so we met at this New Year's Eve party. And from the moment he walked into the room, I was immediately just like attached to his energy. Like I would, it was magnetic. And I saw him walk in and my eyes followed. And I looked at my friend Deshaun who brought him there and, I, and he was also the best man in our wedding. And I was like, who is that? And why have I never met him? Like we run in the same circles, dude, like what? And he's like, he goes to our church. And I was like, even worse, why have you not introduced us? And he was like, I didn't really know that Jimmy was your type. And I was like, I don't have a type. Like, He's a beautiful human, and immediately his energy was like on point when he walked into the room. I needed to meet him, but you know what? It was meant for such a time as this, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, harp on the fact that you didn't introduce us sooner. But I literally looked at my best friend, and I was like, "He's, he's hot, right?" And she's <laughs> like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Are you gonna go talk to him?" And she was like, "No." She's much more shy than me, my best friend Genevieve. And she's like, no, I'm hanging back. And I was like, well, see ya. Because I am. <laughs> and I went over there and I shot my shot. And apparently it worked because we were. Say nine years in the game. That's, listen. That's a hell of a shot. <laughs> but we talked for like three hours that night. And like, really, to be honest with you, I can't even tell you all of the things that we talked about, all of the ground that we covered, because I was just so enamored by his being. I was literally just sitting there with this man and I was like, I just know you're supposed to be in my life for a very, very long time. I don't know how or where, but like, I'm gonna stay in this. And literally minutes before midnight, 
He asked if he could kiss me and I do not kiss strangers. I will say this, I do not kiss strangers. We needed to have some sort of history before, especially now post pandemic. I mean, literally. That's what the three hours was for. Yeah. He was like, all right, you are now not a stranger. But he officially it was eleven fifty eight. Well acquainted. I know your middle name, your last name. We know each other. We know what's happening in two minutes. <laughs> Thank God he didn't say a stranger. And this moment was like, it blossomed into something much more. But yeah, we kissed at midnight. Fireworks, fireworks. And here we are now. I mean, beautiful. Yeah. Love that, man. Storybook right there. Yeah. You know? In, in Malibu. <laughs> On the shores. Listen. And the water cascade over your love in Malibu. Hey. hey. Uh, come in, come out. Just, come just, in. just waiting, you know. Yes. Just let the vibe happen. Just let the vibe. You know? Yes, it love is it. Vibe. It was a vibe. <laughs> oh man, I, I I'm just sitting here and I, I'm taking in everything, all of these pieces that come together, right? And a lot of things come up. One thing I think about is you're soaring all these heights, and I feel like, especially in the wellness industry, they always are on some. You should be happy to be here, shit. Mm-hmm. Like that's. That's first and foremost. It's like, yeah. you know, and then I, I think about that and I think about earlier when you were talking about just protecting your energy and, and having the the awareness to know and being cognizant enough to know that, like, I can't, I'm responsible for what I put out, but then also I got to shape what I put out too, right? So I'm, I'm putting that in, I'm adding all this together, you know, so I bring it all around to now that you're here and you are the happiest you've ever been. What does success look like for you? How do you define it present day? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. You know, I don't know that for me, I have ever wrapped my brain around a definition of success that really honestly could be explained. I think that when I look at success, I think, you know, even on a micro level, Success for me is waking up in the morning. Success for me is getting to do what I love every day. Success for me is having beautiful family and friends and community that surround me and give me the energy that I need to press on. I think success looks like so many different things. I think that, you know, that billboard, that mural that went up of me, like that is probably what other people would look at and deem as success. And I think it's so beautiful to celebrate those moments, but that's not what success looks like to me. As I'm saying this, I'm getting a flashback of Tiffany Haddish on that red carpet. Have you guys seen that interview? Oh my uh, goodness, it was an I'm not familiar. E- okay, so after this, you guys are gonna have to run the clip. Did you do a little, a little costume change? Uh, I'm not wearing a costume, I'm wearing Dolce Gabbana. It's called an evening gown, darling. No one's paying me for this. I paid for it. It's custom. Thank you. You look gorgeous. It's not an acting gig. This is my life. This what fame looked like. This what success looked like. It's so, so hilarious. But I really felt like she, she I am her. She is me. She told her what kind of dress it was. She I said, <laughs> this is not a costume. This is my life. Like, this is designer. This is what success looks like. So immediately when I said what success looks like, I got a flash of that this interview. This is what success looks like. <laughs> this is what success looks like. Yeah. This is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And there's just no better way to describe it but the fact that like I am here. I'm sitting right here talking to both of you incredible individuals because we can, 
right? Because we've made the choice to be here and be present with one another. That is what success looks like. And I think if everyone can shift their perspective and not think that success is so superficial and, and success, you know, is all about these accolades and accomplishments and achievements that you've made, because I'll make several over my lifetime. You will, you will, right? But if that's what we're defined by, we are reducing ourselves. You know what I mean? We are diminishing the greatness. We're diminishing the power. We're diminishing, truthfully, the definition of success. I always try to make that like a like a daily stride, like a moment-by-moment moment stride. Do I feel successful in this moment? Absolutely. Are there moments that I fell short of that and I felt unsuccessful? Absolutely. But that's what made me appreciate what success feels like. Mm, mic drop. Boom. You know? You know? You know? I let him know. <laughs> Deja, I could hear you pontificate for hours and hours and hours. Ah, oh, thank you. Right? Thank you. Because you really, you really just pull together so many different pieces of your life. And we talked about the dancing side. We talked about the Deja Rally once, right? You are an entire digital creative, too. And we have barely touched the peak of that digital creativity. Before we start to wind down, I do just want to understand, as you're developing your brand, as you're developing, you know, you as a person, there's a whole nother entity that exists with you online. And... There's nuance to that. Yeah. You know, people see one thing and uh, they don't even get to hear you speak at this level most of the time. Yeah. Right. So I just need to know what continues to motivate you in that arena and what do you want to go into next coming forward? Like, how are you planning on expanding in that? You know, it's interesting, Tony, because I started out this year being like, I'm an extremely goal oriented person. Mm -hmm. And when I put things down on paper, when I think about things and those things become my words and those words become my actions and those actions become who I am in front of other people, I think that I already know that that works. I already know that manifestation works. I know that I can put it on paper and I can make it happen. What I challenged myself to be in this year and in this next chapter of my life is present and not so tied to the goal, right? And so I think that, you know, Thinking about what is there for me in the next chapter, of course, I could list a bunch of things. I could be like, I want to be a mother. Motherhood is definitely in the cards. I want to continue to build my community. I want to, you know, see myself on bigger billboards. I want to see myself as the host. As a host of a TV show. Help me out, Tony. Come on. <laughs> but, I, you know, I want to see all those things, right? But honestly, I really just want to be present in the moment. I never want to look back again and say that I was outside of my body as something like this was happening. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I will say that for me, as we talk about like the digital experience and how people get to see me, you know, online and don't necessarily get to hear my voice, I'm definitely looking to use my voice more. I, like um, I know that that is a big, huge part of my next chapter is really letting my voice be heard and getting to have more conversations like this, getting to speak before people and getting to motivate the youth and, you know, really use the power in my voice to make change. I think that so much of that happens by me just focusing on the rungs of my own ladder. I really honestly and truly believe that you can get out here in this digital space and get lost. Mm. Right? <laughs> it's so easy to get lost. And for me, I do look at what other people are doing. You know, I tap in sometimes because, you know, I need to keep up. I need to learn the trends. But, like, I just take inspiration from that and then I just close the book and move it away. Because 
the way that I've gotten to where I am is not by following anybody else's path, so to speak, right? I think that, you know, oftentimes people will look at my journey and, and it looks a little untraditional. You know, you're probably not going to be able to name somebody else that has taken a Deja Riley path. Like, and I think that that's amazing, but I also think that it is important for me to encourage others to be in their truest form as they are too. You know, and I think so much of that comes from focusing on the rungs of your own ladder. Mm. Like you are going to be able to climb to higher heights. You are going to be able to attain all of these incredible successes. You are going to be able to travel the world and like have these exciting adventures all throughout your life. But most important, be present. And whatever that rung that you got your hand wrapped around, look at just that and focus on just that and know that there's, yeah, there's another rung above you and there was one below you that you gripped onto at one point but this steady climb that we are on in life this this day-by-day adventure and journey that we're on in life really honestly happens moment by moment and that's all we really have for sure and so in this moment I know this is all I really have for sure but man is this good this is a yummy conversation this is gooey. This is juicy. Like, I love it. I'm here for it. We're going to keep climbing to the top. Rung by damn rung by damn rung. <laughs> Making it all the way up there. Yeah. Damn, I feel like my cup is full, Jones. How you feeling? Man, my, my rosé ain't full no more, but my cup is. <laughs> I'm selling the metaphorical cup, damn it. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking my truth. Listen, let me know. what I'm speaking. The metaphor. Yeah, my cup is full, my rosé ain't. We're going to leave Kyle alone on his rosé. He's, he's on a rosé kind of Saturday. I love it. Deja, people who have heard this episode at this point, are going to need to understand how they could continue to fill their own cup, mm-hmm. metaphorical cup, Kyle, <laughs> of course. with go. the brightness that you want to offer to the world, Deja. They're going to need to know how to follow up on the workout side, yeah. where they could tune in, where they could tap in. Yeah. They're going to need to know how they could see all these amazing, again, like I said, the shoulder work is in the videos, the footwork, you know. They're going to need to know where they could go out and pick up some Deja Rally once, you know, in the official colors. Make sure you get the colorway right. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, if you in any metropolitan city, I'm going to say damn near, it's global now. It's a global, it's a global economic it, event. Yeah. Apparently it's in Shanghai. This is what I'm trying to tell I'm you. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> they were like, you're live in China. And I was like, Big billboard energy is what I'm trying to tell you. All right. <laughs> They're going to need to know how they could find you, Deja. Can yes. you please let our good listeners know? Yes. So you can find all things Deja at DejaRiley.com. D-E-J-A-R-I-L-E-Y.com. You'll see all my social handles there. If you want, you know, a, a bright breath of fresh air and see a little bit of joy through movement, you can follow my husband and I, Deja and Jimmy Izzy, on TikTok. Like and it. I'm just, I'm warning you, I'm setting you up. I am not the star of that show, okay? <laughs> I very much so know that my husband, it's in the knees somewhere. It was also in the shoulders. Shoulder you know, work the shoulder work is in there. <laughs> but like something about what he's doing, whether it, it's just, it, it might be just like people being fascinated by following the journey of a man that had no rhythm. He's coming and in. And he is coming into his own. And it's yeah. just so beautiful to see. It really is. But yeah, you know, those are a couple of places you can find me. Um, you can find me all over, you know, this Charge Field campaign. I am so proud to represent Lululemon and to represent my community and to be the powerful and beautiful black woman that I am. I really honestly think that, you know, it's so amazing to be in that space. 
if I weren't in the mindset that I am, I would look at it stepping outside of it and be like, this black girl with braids, with tattoos on her hands, like with, you know, all that she comes with, all that she came from is up there. Like that image is so real for me. And so I'm living in that in this moment. But you can find me there too. Mm-hmm. And really honestly, like, you know, my my Sweaty Smile Squad, you can follow that also on Instagram, on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I'm just, you're going to find me dipping into my community all over the country, all over the world, eventually. Yeah, that's why. I want to see this world tour, man. It's it's going to happen. We literally, okay, so at that Chargefield event, one of my friends literally just started talking about a tour. And I was like, literally one of the things that I was like, in my fitness career in this industry, I will make that happen for myself where I am headlining a tour Mm -hmm. in the most like unorthodox way. Like, honestly, for me, like, I've always been on tours as a dancer, as background talent. So, like, really, that is a whole nother milestone for me to, like, set up this tour where, like, I am then headlining and bringing health and wellness. To the masses. To the masses. Yes. It's happening. It's happening. I'm putting it out there. We're going to go mirror, mirror on the The wall. wall. Yes. Who is the freshest of them all? There was a rumble, tumble. See, this is why they need to get us on the the ad campaign because we could have made this work out. Yes, right? You've been pushing that for so long. <laughs> One day, Original. it's going to happen. <laughs> we gonna get, you know, we just got, Canada's a little delay. You One know, rung at a time. <laughs> Up the ladder. Let's we're going to get y'all here. We're going to simpatico. That's what we're trying to get to. <laughs> Asia, thank you so much for pulling up. No doubt. Thank you for no kicking doubt. in with us. I mean, the first of hopefully many going oh, forward. Yes. Well, Actually, technically the second, two. but you know. <laughs> true and true. They might not ever get to see the first. Part so. three. We're just coming back. <laughs> in it. In it. <laughs> thank you so much, love. I appreciate everything you shared with us. And I can't wait to keep seeing you so high and high, love. Once again, it's been another fantastic episode of Off the Strength of a Trainer called Tony. K.R. Jones. Peace and much love to y'all out there. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Hey, this is K.R. Jones of the Off the Strength podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to like, listen, and subscribe. Visit offthestrength.com and on Instagram, offthestrength underscore. Check us out.